Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're well. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice. We shall be glad. Indeed, thank you for joining us for our time of a study of the Word of God. And uh, here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. If you've not been able to listen to all the podcasts we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on all our podcast platforms like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. You'll find everything there. And I believe the Lord shall indeed speak to you even as you listen. And uh, today we want to continue with our study. We are handling the book of Matthew. And uh, we have we're on chapter eight. Hopefully, we shall finish that today. And yesterday we left off uh, looking at the centurion and how much great faith he had, and how the healing power of Christ does not have limitations. When he sends his word, he will come and he will touch you, and you shall be well. He does not even have to come and physically be there. The centurion had faith and said, "Just send your word, because I'm a man of authority." Now, when you send your word, it shall indeed come into effect. Now, today I want to continue with verse 14 of chapter 8. And says, when Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. Let's uh, first look at that. Jesus comes into Peter's home. First of all, this will show you that he as a leader, he as uh, the rabbi, he as the master, he would visit people's homes. And that is very, very important that you have somebody who visits you in uh, spiritual leadership. People who come to you when times are not good. People who can uh, take some moment to come and see where you stay. And that's why it gets hard when you you have to lead so many people. You have followers that are so many in number because you cannot attend to all of them, to their personal needs that you can even be able to spare time to go. Jesus had his disciples. We are told there are 12. Of course, there were the other 70. But those are numbers that are manageable. He can find time to go to someone's home. When he's invited, he can go there. When there's problem, he can go there. And Peter, of course, extends this invitation to Christ. That please come, come to my home. Of course, there is trouble home uh, that my mother-in-law is sick. But please come and visit. And that's that's what is 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 very key for us to know that that invitation for Christ into your home has to be there. And with us, it does not have a time limit. With us, it doesn't have a season. That in this season, we invite him into our home. Then in another, we reject him. He has to always be there. He's got to make a home with us. He has got to always be there. And uh, we need to always give room for Christ to come in our home. Christ to come and be present. We need to always give that invitation to him. Not only just in your heart, but also in your home physically. 
Is Christ in your home? When someone comes to your home, do they feel Christ? Or they will find a bottle of liquor here. They will find all sorts of movies that are lying around that are ungodly. What does your home represent? Does your home represent Christ? Is your home a place that you can let Christ come and visit? Because when he comes, he changes everything. He makes things better. When Peter has trouble at home. He knows that I walk with a man who has healing power. And now the mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law, is staying with Peter. Of course, from their culture, probably uh, she had lost the husband and they decided to stay with her. But then she is sick. And Peter knows that if Christ comes here, she will be well. So he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. What did he do? He touched her hand hmm? and the fever left her and she got up and waited on him. This was instant. He just touched her hand. We are told he touched her hand. We, we are not even being told that he spoke anything. He just touched her hand. That's how much power is, is in Christ with us that his touch is enough. He will just touch you and make you well. He will just touch you and sort out all the problems that you have. He will touch you and sort out all the work issues you have. He will touch you and sort out all the complexities in your life. He just touches her hand and all the fever left. That is the power of Christ. That is the power that Jesus holds with us that we need to know that we serve a God with all power. He will touch you in whatever situation you're going through, and it will be well. Just like that, Peter's mother-in-law is up and jumping. He's, she's up and she's out there now waiting on them. She's preparing what to eat. She's yeah, getting things in order now in the household because uh, the ladies, of course, mostly even these advanced in age would do much of that role to take care of the visitors. And she's up and running. And uh, Peter benefits by having Christ in his house. When you have Jesus in your house, you will benefit. When you have Jesus in your house, all the walls of your house shall have a power around them that is brought by the presence of Christ, that the enemy cannot stand and be there, that the enemy cannot make camp in your house. When Jesus comes in Peter's house, everything is resolved. The sickness disappears. When Jesus comes into our house, everything is resolved. Sickness disappears. Fear disappears. Hopelessness disappears. Because he is in the house. Can we invite him? We just need to invite him and tell him, come. Physically, you may not find him like Peter did that this if you're seeing the image or the, the bodily form but he is with us we know that he is always with us just invite him into your house just invite him in your life because when he's there sickness will disappear hopelessness will disappear all things shall get back in order when you have Christ in your life Verse 16, when evening came, they brought to him many 
who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill now we are being told about the ministry of Jesus at this point yeah and uh, just after the healing of Peter's mother-in-law evening comes and Jesus is ready to serve at all times yeah he's always there at all times it doesn't matter whether in the morning whether in the afternoon whether in the evening whatever time it is he was ready and up for the task that was ahead of him and they brought to him all who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word it was not a fight with his word he would just speak the word that lives or get out of that person or leave and it would leave it would disappear and this is the beauty that we have. It is that name of Jesus with which we operate. It is that name of Jesus with which we can also perform this because he says that we have that power to cast out evil spirits. And by the name of Jesus, we shall speak and command the demons to live and they will live in the name of Jesus. That's what he did. He would just speak and they would be set free with a word. The Bible says here, with a word. He would just say the word and all would be sorted out. And I want us to understand and know that with Christ, when you have the name of Jesus, with the name of Jesus as part and part of that which you carry, you have the victory. You can be able to overcome. You can be able to fight. You can be able to go through all things and you will come out victorious because you have the name of Christ. You can be able to lay hands on that sick person and they will be well. You can be able to get that person who is being tormented by evil spirits and you lay hands on them and speak the word and they will be well in the name of Jesus because by the name of Jesus all bondage is broken. By the name of Jesus the captives are set free. By the name of Jesus all things are made well. And I want you to always trust in him and speak the name of Jesus and get out there and pray for people and speak the name of Jesus. They shall be well. In this time that they were living, they had, of course, people who would cast out demons, yeah, exorcists. And for them, they had uh, a few methods that they would exploit, yeah, when they are expelling demons. One of them, uh, they would scare the demon out, yeah? They scare the demon out of the person that they are praying for or they are practicing this activity on. I wouldn't say praying because for them they wouldn't pray anyway. They would just cast or create uh, situations that are going to get the demon out of that person. And for example, they would put, sometimes they get a root that smells so bad and they would light that root, and um, with the smell of the root, yeah, they would put that on the nose of the person who is demon possessed, and they would hope that the demon would not be able to stand the smell, so it would run out. And sometimes it would work because if they they kept doing it, it implies that it would work for them, yeah. Then on other cases, they would invoke 
the name of a higher spirit because the, the spiritual world is real. The spiritual world is actually real and it does exist. And uh, they would invoke a higher spirit, yeah, to get rid of this lower spirit. But that just brings a lot more trouble because if you're invoking one for the other to work, then you are not sure what you're leaving that person with. Yeah, and that happens also today. We need to be careful because it does happen today that uh, sometimes you're being prayed for, and uh, they, they 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 are using they are sort of people who are like these exorcists. They will use a higher spirit to remove the one you have, but then you are left with more trouble. Yeah, but people are amazed that Jesus is just simply ordering the demons to live by a word. And I want us to know that we do not have to go through processes. You know, there are things that we are being told, okay, that if you're going to pray for you, you bring this and bring that, and then you, you get this type of uh, root or whatever it is that we will pray for you and will cast. No, with Jesus, it is his word. His word is enough to set free. His word is enough to heal. His word is enough. And he did that with his people. And when they would look at him, that this man just says a word and the demons leave, they would imagine what the exorcists are doing. And they're like, this person has great power. This person has great authority. And it was amazing to watch for them. And he healed all who were ill. Keyword, all who were ill. There was no segregation. Sometimes you watch uh, healing services where they are calling out specific people who have specific issues. When Jesus is healing, he's not specific. He heals everybody. He did not say that day, now to them healing only the blind. He did not say that day, uh, that to them looking for those who have problems with their tummies. No. When Jesus is healing, he attends to every single person. And Jesus will heal all and that is key for you. You may be out there and you're sick and you're suffering. You need to know that Jesus heals all your disease, all infirmity, all trouble. Whatever you have that is a problem, Jesus heals all diseases. There's nothing he cannot heal. There's nothing he cannot handle. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried our diseases. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 says, surely he has borne our griefs yeah, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was speaking of Jesus and this Jesus comes to do himself because when he comes, he does exactly that. yeah, To take away infirmities, to heal all diseases. What have you been told about the sickness you have? What have you been told about the disease that you have? What have they told you? Where have they told you to go? Have they told you to visit some witch doctor somewhere? Have they told you to visit some exorcist somewhere? Have they told you to give some money so that you will be healed and prayed for and be healed? Jesus only needs to say a word and you shall indeed be well. Jesus only needs to say a word. Yeah? And we need to trust him. We just need to listen 
and trust that when he says his word, we shall be well. And that is what Jesus does. So there are no other means by which we are going to get well. We just need Jesus. We just need Jesus. Verse 18. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Then a scribe came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, we looked at scribes while we were handing uh, the Old Testament and where they come from and how they start, what their role was. These are people who were in charge of documentation. They were in charge of writing down issues, checking the books, considering the prophecies. Yeah, they were very important in uh, the life of Israel at that time. So one of them comes to him. Of course, this shows you what, that with the move that Christ had with his time and that which was happening around his time, there, he did not leave anybody behind. The Pharisees would come and listen. The scribes would come and listen. The rabbis would come and listen. And now in this specific time, a scribe comes to him. Yeah, it must have taken a lot for this guy to come. And the scribe comes to him and says, teacher. He even calls him teacher because now, for all the books and the writings that this scribe has done, he knows that what this Jesus is speaking, what Jesus is speaking about, and I believe since he was somebody who, who is a, a writer or a scribe or somebody who in that generation was in charge of documentation, he was writing down what Jesus was saying. And he knew that this is a teacher. The power that he possesses is not like any other. So, he says, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. I don't know if he found that the words he's going to write about him, since he wherever he goes, he'll follow and write and come up with a good book. He says, I'll follow wherever you go. What does Jesus say to him? He says, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He's saying everybody else has where to rest. Even the animals have where to rest. Even the birds have where to rest. But I, the son of man, I have nowhere to lay my head. Of course, um, you will carry it to the simpler terms and say, didn't he have a house? Who stopped him from building one? With all the miracles and all the power that he had, couldn't he afford one? He could. But with the task that you, that is at hand, there are some things you lay on the side. They are not important. With the task that we have to spread the gospel of Christ, you will have to put some things aside. You will have to make sacrifices. And now, to the scribe, are you willing to make that sacrifice? Are you willing to make that sacrifice that you will have nowhere to lay your head? That you're going to forget all the ranks that you have and what you're known for? That you're going to be out there? And you're going to serve only Christ. Yeah? And, and, and that is the trick. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to move nations? The people, the missionaries, the people who have given their lives to, to the service of the kingdom. And they are up and about. They never get time to rest. Yeah? And they're not just ministering in the posh places where they will find uh, probably a hotel to stay. But they go to the deepest and remotest of regions where they do not have even where to lay their head. And he's telling this scribe, 
Are you willing to take that? Are you willing to take that? And that is uh, a lesson that we also have to pick that when it comes to ministry, that when it comes to the work of God, we should be able and we should be willing and we should know that we ought to give all that we have to the ministry of God. And it's not about the possessions. It's not about uh, the comfort. Yeah, it is uncomfortable, but you have to go out and spread the word of God and do the ministry. So he tells him that the foxes have where to stay. The birds have where to stay. But I don't have where to lay my head. So, dear scribe, if you're talking about following me, put that into consideration. Yeah, And verse 21, another of the disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Now, this is very interesting. Yeah? Because we are told that this person who is saying this is a disciple of Christ. He's saying, permit me first to go and bury my father. By the fact that he's even asking for permission, it implies he was close and he was walking with Christ and he knew Christ. But it's interesting how you are working with a healer, how you're working with the man who raises the dead, and you have a problem, and you're not asking him to help you with the problem, but rather you're asking him to help you go and conclude the issues surrounding your problem. This disciple could have spoken like the centurion did, that my father is ill. Please send your word and he will be healed. Yeah, because when you read through uh, commentaries and um, different analysis of this scripture, some tell you that probably his father was about to die, yeah, and uh, he wanted to first sort out that, let him finish everything concerning. But, hey, you're working with a man who heals disease. You're working with a man who raises the dead. Why do you tell him, yeah, that let me first go and bury my father? You tell him, Lord, my father is ill. Come and touch him that he may be well. Or send your word, like the centurion did, that he may be well. All, okay, in this case, assume the father was actually dead. Tell him, my father is dead. Come and help. Because I know you have the power to raise the dead. And sometimes we have the power of God. We have the authority of Christ. We have all these things that are demanded for you to have a good life. We have all the opportunity, but we take it for granted. We do not look into the fact that we are a people who are blessed. And then you live like you have a curse on you. You have the power of Christ. There is authority that you can ex- ex- use yeah, the name of Jesus. But then you live like a captive. This man did not have to tell Jesus about going to bury. He needed to ask Jesus to do something. And the miracle was on his way. But anyway, he chose to take that direction. When you have Jesus, ask for what Jesus can do. When you have Jesus, and you know the power that Jesus carries, ask for that. Don't suffer 
with demon attacks when you have Jesus. Don't suffer with failing to sleep at night when you have Jesus. Do not suffer. Ask him to come. Ask him to help you when you're having challenges in your business. Do not look for other options. Call for Jesus because he's with you. This was a disciple. This was a follower. And they are followers of Christ who are living in the same situation. But Jesus was there. And Jesus says to him, Follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. He tells him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. Jesus is not against burials or funerals, no. But he's telling him, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to walk with me, there are some things you're going to leave behind. Yeah, that has happened already. Or is going to happen. Leave it behind. Leave the things that may carry meaning. Leave the physical things and look to Christ. Do not look at other things but look to me. That's what he's telling him. Allow the dead to bury their own dead. Jesus didn't imply that those who are going for bury are already dead. No. But there are some things in life that have already lost meaning to us as Christians, as believers, and we should not give them attention. Forget those things and walk with the Lord and follow him and do that which gives honor to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for you care about us. We ask you, Lord, to visit our homes, visit our lives, be part of us. We give room to you, take charge, and may your goodness and your mercy surround us in the days of our lives. We exalt you and give glory and honor to you. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.